Welcome to episode 16 of the Eating Them Raw podcast. It's going to cost you more than 10 bucks to park on the lawn because the Hamilton Tiger Cats are going to the Great Cup at Tim Hortons Field. Bold QB season. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Let's On go. God. On God. Like the like Argos. Coming here talking, man. Oh, man, did that win feel good. The Hamilton Tiger Cats win 27-19 over the Toronto Argos. Hand them their first loss at BMO Field this season. Send them packing in a big mad type of way. We'll get to that later. And at two weeks after they talked monumental amounts of trash and they all about the Harold Ballard trophy and this, that, the next thing. I'm sorry, Price. I know you're a Leafs fan. I know you are. I'm sorry I'm about to say this, but talking that much shit before a game, before a playoff game, after a regular season win, and then losing to the same team in your first playoff game, man, that is so perfectly Toronto. Nobody blows like them Argos. Oh, man, did that win feel good. Oh, I would rather be a Tiger than a fucking Argonaut. I'm not going to say the rest because that's inappropriate. I love you. <laughs> Holy fuck, uh, man. Wow, all I can say is wow, fucking. I think we have to rename BMO Field uh, Tim Hortons Field Jr. or something. 2.0. Man, the defense, just unbelievable. Um, but you know who I think this game comes down to. So I want to jump into game balls right away because there's lots to talk about in this East Final where the Hamilton Tiger Cats come away victorious and bring home the trophy that really matters. Enjoy that ballad trophy over the offseason, Argos, you fools. You dumbass social media team. Jeez. Anyway. Anyway. Hold that. Dane Evans. Let's be honest. We all knew it. If it was me, I'd give him the Maurice Richard treatment. I'd give him Dane Evans, Dane Evans, Dane Evans across the board game balls. Okay? I, I, I threw it in the group chat. They didn't go for it. This man, like I have said to you all year. What I say? How many times I say put Dane Evans in you in the ball game? How many times we say that? All year, all year, like all year. All year long. All year. Episodes, bro. Oh, you better know. When you turn this on, you knew I was coming to talk my stuff today. Okay? <laughs> because all year long we said put Dane in. And what happens? You win a ball game. This guy went 16 for 16. He went 16 for 16. Every time he looked like he was about to get sacked, nope, he's not getting sacked. He's either moving that ball downfield or he's juking three guys and picking up six or seven yards. You fumble the ball? That's okay. He's going to knock it 60 yards the other way and rip it back. Down 12 nothing. You think this game is not different if they go into the half down 19? Dane Evans won this damn football game along with the defense for this football team. Jeremiah Masoli was so bad. Wait, who? I shouldn't even say that name. Eight was so bad. Bro, it you could tell so right obvious. off the start he was so fucking shaky. First play, fucking three yards behind the receiver, off his hands, and it's an interception. If but there hey, wasn't lo- if it was there wasn't so obvious Dane was the field, better option, they had to. They had to go with him. <laughs> but hey, it's finally, it's finally like to see what we've been calling for all year. Like, they showed how short that leash was. He had, what, two bad that drives, and he was on the bench. Yeah, that's it, man. That's how it should have been all year, right? 
I'm done ranting. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Like, I'll give, I'm happy. I'll give, I'll give Masoli the benefit of the doubt last week. Like, he looked good. The offense looked good. Montreal's defense didn't yeah. look good. Toronto's defense did look good yesterday out the gate. Oh, they, they just threw pressure at Masoli and, like, they knew it worked. Start, he was already shaky. And then you get pressure into the guy's face who's already scared enough to get fucking hit. It worked. It worked. It worked. But the like focus just said, sorry, yeah. but just like Bane said, I'm so glad that leash was so short. That's it. Like we get any other drives with like if if Aid's in for that strip sack play, he like you said, he doesn't do that. He does not well, he does not run it out. No. Like the defense is the defense is hanging on by a thread when it's twelve nothing. Let's be honest. The Argos go up twelve nothing and the defense is hanging on by a thread because they're get, they're getting two and out. They're getting turnovers. They're getting stops after drives, but it doesn't matter. Like they, they literally hold the Argos to four field goals. When they're they're on Hamilton's side of the field, yeah, right. Toronto was in the red zone three times, and each time they fucking they bended, but they didn't break. Yeah, they are they are literally bending but not breaking to the point where they're like, man, we need some help on the on the other end. And thank God, they see what's happening in real time and make a football decision and put Dane Evans in the game. Poppy White breaks a big one. Thank you so much. That Thank you so much. Oh, buddy. Right what a turning point. Dane and Poppy oh, White classic were, were the turning point. It? How classic Hamilton is it that it's a special team's play to turn around, turn around the game? That's play. like... Oh, that's buddy. Like, beautiful. As soon as I saw it, I was like, now go beat these frauds. I knew. I, and, and Dane was in the game. I was like, you're down seven now. It doesn't matter that that garbage half just happened. You're down six or whatever. You should be down six, but you're down. Bro. Or sorry, you should be down five, but you're down six because Michael Domagala. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, fucking. Oh, my God. But Dane Evans, man, 16 for 16, right? Because we're getting off track. We are giving a game ball here. Go. 16 for 16. 100% completion, 249 yards, one TD, zero interceptions, a long of 47. Man went off. And he had a trip in there, and that's why he was going to get my defense game ball. And I was going to give it to him on specials, too. I don't even care. But and two rushing touchdowns. But on defense, we can't do that to the defense because the defense, this defense, man, what did I tell you? What did I tell you about that under 30? What did I tell you about that under 20? This defense did it again. We're giving it to the whole defense. The whole defense. It's hard for me. I, I I had Jagera Davis because the man just is everywhere on the field. Lockdown corner? Lockdown corner, Jagera Davis? Yeah, it was a Absolutely. crazy play. Zone two. I yeah, that. you. that was like, what, like 10 feet in front of you or what? Yeah, right in front of me. I was like, that's my dog. Tip it's on me on Monday, baby. Let's go. Oh, I thought Never. he was beat, bro. I thought he was beat. And then I just see his arm come up like, and his head come around at the same time. I was like, bro. What Bro, it's crazy. Play. For a big dude, he's got some speed under him. That's what I'm saying. And change of direction. Yo, also, shout out to Jagarid, because this is his fifth straight uh, great couple great appearance. Couple yes, yeah. it's unfortunate, yeah. though, <clears throat> that he is one and three. But, hey, let's make that two and three, boys. He paid. He played every single down. Again, you know, regardless of the fact that it was 12 nothing or whatever. He played every single down and was a game breaker for the Ticats in multiple ways. Um, and then you talk about uh, Tunde and Delique and and really the secondary, the whole secondary in, in their play 
over the course of the game to hold the Argonauts out of the end zone for the most part. Um, and then, of course, Tudia Delique gets an interception. That was, I don't understand. I do not understand why, if you wear black and gold, you literally have to catch a ball at a higher standard than anyone else in the CFL. Why but does the league hate our safeties? What does the command center have against our safeties? Why? How is that not a catch? You catch the ball, you secure it, <laughs> it's a foot in. There's like, if the ball moves a micro inch after you go out, like, how I don't understand, how but they gave but they gave Duke Williams that catch when the fucking tip of the ball is on the ground. Yeah, but the tip of the ball is on the ground. They're gonna give you a catch, and that ball moves, bobbles around like it's a pinball. And I don't I don't get it. But um, two quarterback sacks, um, two knockdowns. Uh, Garrett Davis is all over the field, um, and then Tunde and Delicay, of course. Um, he had four defensive tackles and a big interception that, that ended up not being an interception, but really was at the end of the game there. Uh, the defense bends but doesn't break, gives up four field goals. Boris Beattie can't kick straight. Enjoy your offseason, my man. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to give the whole, the whole defense that game ball. And then special teams, Poppy White Go. running it all the way back to Hamilton. All the way back. He's going to get my game ball on special teams because, I mean, that oh, was a turning point right there. I have a cut from my kneecap to pretty much my ankle. My leg is swollen because of the shitty seats of emo field from celebrating Poppy White's touchdown. And, man, I hope it's scarred so I have this memory forever because, holy fuck, Big this pop. is so worth it, dude. Like, once, once Poppy had that hole and he made the cut back in and, like, to secure that he was gone – 109 where me and Jake were sitting, it was just electric because it was just top to bottom, all Ticats fans. We had the cheerleaders behind us. It was just fucking unreal. It was probably one of the best games I've ever been to in the playoffs. Oh, oh yeah. Behind, behind us. We were giving it to him. Just yelling Randy the whole game because Randy Ambrosi was behind us. Oh. Did the, was, did the groundhog show his shadow? No. So, Supposedly he was like, because he was in one of the suites. But like, so that mean he was like, get two more years of three down football. Maybe shit. <laughs> but but uh, he was supposedly he was outside at like halftime or something. But like we were yelling Randy the whole time. He wouldn't come outside. He was scared. Jeez. Yeah, maybe the groundhog showing his face means that we get two more years of three down football before we get given up to the rock. The rock, the rock says. So. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Randy does. Does Fine. every play, does, does every player get their own like introduction video and theme song? Every player? Yeah, you know, like the WWE, every superstar gets their own theme song and theme video. No, that's not <laughs> no, every the, player. I'm that's pretty, that's I'm the joke. Sure. That's the joke. That's oh the, no, no, the yeah, I get it. I get joke. it. I know. Come on, guys. Oh man, I ruined it. I'm, that's awful. I'm sorry. That's on me. That's something else, kid. <laughs> um, there was some debauchery after the tie cats. We'll get to um some winning a great cup, and, or sorry, we'll get to being in a great cup at home, and and all that's going to mean, and all of the events of of the week, and all of that. But first, there was definitely some debauchery after the game. Some, yeah, the CFL made TMZ 
Josh, what what happened after the football game? All right, do you want my story or do you want the story that's going around the internet? Because I have two, I have two whole other stories. Yeah, there's, a, there's a bunch of. I want all the stories. All right. <clears throat> all right, we'll talk about. Well, I'll give like what's like making media coverage first, and I'll give my little my little spiel. But uh, after the game, from what I've seen on the social media machine, there was uh, some altercations after the game. You know, you've seen Argo's uh, defensive back, Chris Edwards, who was also flipping fans off before the game. You've oh, seen man. him, you've seen him uh, throw a punch at a uh, Thai Cats fan for throwing, for, like putting that Thai Cats flag in his face. And then uh, the Thai Cats fan eventually did get arrested for whatever reason for defending himself, I guess. And then uh, down a bit more, you got uh, the Argonauts vice president of player operations, John Murphy. You know, he swats at a fan, the fan swats back. And all you hear him say is, I'm right here. And he drops a homophobic slur that I will not say because it's 2021 who really says that. Uh, you hear him say, I'm right here. I'm right here. Then you see the Thai Cats fan grab him, give him a nice one-two right in his face. That gets broken up. And then I think there was something else about a Thai Cats fan like restrained on the floor by a bunch of police. And there were like Argo players kicking him and punching him. I'm not too sure about that one. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, very hectic. And, you know, we made TMZ. Jake said we made Barstool. We're probably going to be on, like, the American Sports Center tonight. Like, this Yeah, is... there's a couple things here. It's a little bit of a joke from, from kind of all angles for me. Um, like, security is a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. They were bad even, like, getting into the stadium, bro. Like, bag check. Like, I could have easily snuck in so much shit. Like, they made yeah, me open know. my bag and then looked inside it and said, yeah, go on in. I was like okay, Jeez. like I, I don't know if I don't know if anyone's ever been into in those type of games. I mean, y'all have <laughs> y'all played sports. I mean, even minor sports, you get in big type games, and right after a, a big loss, you know what I mean. You do not want, and re- rightfully so, people from the other side jumping around in your face. Right, jump around with the other team. Right, jump around across the barrier and say what you got to say because you're a fan who pays your shit. You know, I'm going to walk to my locker room and keep my head down. But <laughs> you certainly don't want a fan getting in your face like that. And, yeah, like, if you're in the stands, like, yeah, you beak. Like, it's a part of the game. Like, yeah. But and, you, never expect athlete, you never expect an athlete to jump into the stands. Yeah, somebody who's, like, representing yeah. a multi-billion yeah. dollar company. Who's representing see, more than the Argonauts? It's now like, see, hold on. See, now that video is to me, it's a little bit misleading because I said the same thing on Twitter, and then you rewatch the video. He actually literally is just he hops the barrier, right? But he's not hopping. He's, he's, he's um, I don't know who this is. It's like the second Argo win. Yeah, yeah, that was right? percent. Yeah, so oh, he yeah. hops the barrier, and originally I thought, oh, this guy's hopping the barrier to go fight fans. No, what actually happened. This was the tunnel to the Argos locker room. It's just yeah. that they're so waste that they don't actually have it blocked off in any way, shape, or form. So, like they have he, to walk like did, right by a gate to get out. Like, the, yeah, like all he walk. did was instead of going around and up the ramp, he went over the barrier to get to it quicker. And it did look like the second guy was kind of trying to pull him out. So, from my analysis, like, yeah, I disagree with the fan being there, right? And yeah, you know, whatever, he throws a flag in the guy's face. The the in the Argos mind. <laughs> You know, emotions are extremely high. And this guy could, like, I'm not sure if this is what he's thinking, but this guy could do, say, or have anything. 
You know what I mean? He could have a knife. Mm-hmm. He could spit on you. He could, you know what I mean? Like anything. And again, you're in, you're supposed to be in the middle of a pandemic. This guy for the last five months, just so he could play football, had to like follow all these protocols. Well, apparently the Argos didn't, but he had to follow all these protocols, right? And then this guy's getting in your face. And so I understand where Edwards is coming from. But at the same time, how as a professional football player in full gear, still representing the team that you represent, can you take a swing at a fan like that? I don't understand how you don't put your, like make a business decision and put your future ahead of the situation and realize that you like, it's going to look extremely poor on your team and your organization. If you take a swing at a fan, no matter the circumstance, especially if he didn't swing at you first. So I don't agree with the fan being there. I'm wondering where security is to deal with all this and why it's such easy access to the players. That guy didn't look like he had to get through too much security to get to the players. Yep. And then I'm also wondering why Argo players are making a debauchery of the CFL and taking swings at fans after a loss. Take your lumps, man. Take your L. You get a flag in your face? So what? I mean, yeah, it is after the game. Yeah, the fans shouldn't be there. You can't physically assault the man. And the guy got arrested. And yes, again, like you could say that he could have anything and therefore the, the self-defense from the Argo is warranted and he probably won't get any um, legal repercussions as a result, especially because the fan was in a place where he should not have been. But it just no, doesn't look No, good. no, no. The, the fan was on like a common level concourse. Like I walked, I walked yeah. through there walking around the stadium with... So why are they walking through a common level concourse to get to the like, locker room after the East Final? That's no, no, That's like the way it's set. No, it's just the way BMO, it's it's on BMO Field. That's how it's set up. Like they have to come out the field, they take a right, and then there's like a path that takes them to their dressing room. But it's on like it's like behind a concourse, so they just like put up uh, what are they called? Just like the the like the little rope barriers that they put up, so players can walk through. So it's just easy for like players from or fans from the crowd to beak at them instead of just like a direct tunnel to get to them. Yeah, and they're right there. Yeah. And yeah. like, you know what I mean? You know what they do in the NHL? They have like, they have a, a tunnel that they put up where they have like, it's a just per- like a sheet. Right. Yeah. Basically like a tarp over top. So nobody. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, like those tents you put up in the, in the summer. That's, so you don't get sun. That's all you need to create that barrier between the fans and the thing. So it doesn't happen. And then if, if you have to try and find an opening to that, to get to a player, it's a lot harder than having to try and find an opening in a little tiny rope barrier. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? There's like, like, there's like the metal stanchions too. And like in the one video with John Murphy, you can see the fan just pulling them like it was nothing. Like, I don't understand how you can't see it coming because you have two teams who hate each other, two fan bases who hate each other. Like, there is a history of this kind of like, thing. This happening. is like one of the biggest rivalries in Canadian sports. It, it, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't think that, that it's one of the things I'm particularly proud of about the rivalry, but there's a history of this kind of thing happening. Do you guys remember when the Argos player uh, threw his helmet into the stands? It's hostile. Yeah. You got kicked yeah. out. When yeah. I went to Toronto and we won by 60 and I was talking stuff, I kind of started to realize towards the end, like, it gets, like, they're pissed off by it. They're not, like, it's not, like, ha-ha, funny stuff. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, I, yeah, I feel like I feel like being in your home stadium hearing Argos suck chants. Yeah. Like, and that hey, probably. It's, it sucked for me, too. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but it sucked for me, too, hearing, you know, Argos celebrated at our, our, at our place. It's always been like this, man. It's always been hostile. How you It'll can, always be hostile. Yeah. yeah. How you can think in East Final, you can just have players and, and fans that close to each other? 
and not enough security, it's just a perfect storm. But I mean, you're at a soccer stadium, not a football stadium, and that was a whole other argument that MLSE had with, with, you know, everyone who said that was a bad idea, including BMO Field and, and Canada Soccer. And that ended poorly, and then, you know, it, the Argos haven't done well since, so whatever. Now that's their home. But it's just such a, that's a poor setup for an East final. You can't have that. I, I no. imagine they're not going to have free access to the Winnipeg Blue Bomber players next week. Oh, no. Like, you never do at Tim Hortons Field because there's a direct tunnel. Like, there's, like, the tunnel. Yeah, there's, like, the 10 rows of seats that can, like, yell at them. But there's security and cops right there. So and they just tell the players to go and tell the fans to shut up. Like, it's way better run in Hamilton. Way easier, man. If well, you want to try and jump down a barrier like Riley Oaks, you're falling 10 feet. <laughs> Oh, style. the Thai Cats, um, when they came out of BMO yesterday, they had a tunnel. That's what makes no sense. They came out of a tunnel. Yeah, on the opposite side? Yeah, on the opposite yeah. side, there's a tunnel. But the home side doesn't have a tunnel. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah. It makes no sense, especially when their two teams are 45 minutes from each other. You're going to have fans from both sides. Hostilities on both sides. It's not did just going to be the Cats. Did you see Jalen Acklin after he scored when he ripped the Argos flag down? Yep. Huge, huge, huge. That's things we huge. love. Huge. Massive. But, and, then uh, he was, and then he posted this, this story on Instagram. Big mad. Oh, I seen, I seen that with the uh, Argos Nation. Yeah, him and, I, him and I had a few words. It was, it yeah. was pretty fun. It was All in good, good fun. All in, All good, in fun. good fun. But hey, uh, let me share my story from the end of the game. Uh, after we won, I, see, I look down, I see some fans on the field. So my drunk ass is like, hey. I'm going down there too. And uh, I was like field level. I was like just behind the, like the automated graphics that you see on the side of the field. And then all the players come there, see all the players. I met Roll, Dane, like everybody. It was super cool. And it was just like all the fans were there. They were all like right up against the, right up against the guardrails and stuff. Players are high five and everybody's fired up. It was just like two different perspectives to the end of the game. And I feel like mine just tops everything just because. Being there with the players, just seeing how fired up they were, like, it was yeah, just... that's what that's what the other Tiger fans should have been doing is what you were doing. You want to hear my story from the end of the game? Since I think it's equally as funny, uh, I, I we had I got pictures from Josh of him with Dane Evans, and I was like, whoa, what the heck? Oh my god! I'm like, man, we got to get these on the social accounts. Josh, he's down in the field with all the dudes. A couple hours go by. Josh comes back when to the group chat. When did I meet fucking Dane Evans? When did I meet Dane Evans and Jamal Roll? <laughs> uh, no recollection. Hey, like I said, like we, like we said, the security there is horrible. I walked in with three little bottles of Fireball, and the rest is history. How are oh, you? Go cats! Go <laughs> cats! He says security is now watching out for your face next week. Jeez, they won't see me. I'm masked up. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody is. But like, yeah, the five dollar beers; those are deadly, and they're Bud Lights. Too. Yeah, but absolutely. Lethal. Wait, 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 Jake, 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 Jake. Lethal. Lethal. Yep. Lid. I could not tell you. Didn't get it. They anything were cans. They were all cans. cans. No all cans. Yeah. That's something all Hamilton cans. needs to incorporate. Instead and of like, cutting us off for fucking kickoff for the five dollar beers, do it all game long, baby. Yeah. Do that for the Great Cup. Less spillage then, eh? Because of the cans. They didn't have cup holders either. Yeah, that was wild to me. Man, that is poverty. 
Get some yeah. cup holders, Toronto. Like, come like on, MLSE. Like it's it's a multi-use football stadium. You're gonna have footy fans jumping around, chanting, singing, dancing, and then you have football fans jumping around, cheering. Like it's not fucking rocket appliances. Put some fucking cup holders in, boys. The rocket appliances. Big facts. Man, I'm just I'm just so fired up for this. I'm so fired up for everything that is coming our way this week. First, though, let's talk a little bit about the the West final. I don't want I don't want any more focus on that debauchery. I want to focus on Josh's end of the game because that's how I remember the end of the game as well as the Thai Cats jumping around with their fans and um, electric. You know, it was just electric, just like I. It, it was every sing- like every single player came up to me like, dab me up, all fired up, like let's go, let's get this ring. Like the one thing that Ted Laurent said to me though. Was like he was super serious. It's the thing the whole team's been posting. He was just like, "Job's not finished." High five and everybody. Job's not finished, and it's just like, like this team's just different. I don't think this team. I I felt like this team was different in 2019. I feel like this team with Dane Evans at quarterback is different now, and this defense is just so and like they're locked like, in more. I said it before, and I'll keep saying it again. I love this defense. Yes. Oh, man. You give this defense six turnovers, Dane Evans is scoring f- at least four oh, out of the six times. Buddy, if we get three turnovers, turnovers we Five turnovers in the first half? It, it'll be a wrap. It'll be a wrap. And then, and then you got the Arkells coming out, and then the fans will spark oh, the fuck up. Bro, I'm literally going to be in, in my own little world fucking crying like a proud dad watching that fucking halftime show. Right? No like, it, I don't think that could, it could be any any more perfect we're supposed to be talking about the west final but oh man i don't think that this game could be any more perfect it's the team that it's the team that we were supposed to beat in 2019 but now it's different we're at home it's the year angelo mosca died the most illustrious tie cat ever his final game with the tie cats was a home gray cup victory in 1972 the year we lose him it's it's written in the stars I mean, it wasn't an Ange Mosca type victory, too. You're down 12 and you just scratch, claw, and fight your way back. That's a fucking Tiger Cat win. Right? Right? Oh, man. And to beat the Argos in the process, just what That's a just game. Like, it's just That's the freaking cherry the on top. Topping, the whip topping on top of my hot chocolate. Yes, so, sir. So we will talk about that great cup. hot sauce on my shawarma, baby. Let's go. <laughs> We will talk about that great cup at home, but what happened in that West final? The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are coming to Hamilton. They will actually be the home team at St. Morton's Field, although I'm not sure that it's going to matter, and I'm not, I don't think they're going to get the Ticat locker room. Um, and the, so they come to Tim Hortons Field after a win, but it was not always, uh, not always secure, especially toward the end of the game, there was some drama. Uh, Duke Williams makes a big, what was called a catch, uh, what did not look like a catch, but he makes a big catch to put the riders in scoring position. And honestly, within one, uh, you know, one strike of, of winning the football game after leading 10, seven at half, which nobody expected because when they put the ball on the ground five times, they either, by, or sorry, turn the ball over five times, either by putting it on the ground, by throwing an interception or by one turnover on downs, they were, awful in the first half actually they were really good except for those turnovers but they were awful because of those turnovers in the first half. um yeah. somehow Dude, stuck be- around and and played a dominant second half to win but again i just want to get your thoughts on 
first of all, Winnipeg's performance, and then that weird play at the end of the game where Duke Williams gets credited with the catch he really shouldn't have. <clears throat> if, uh, if Duke Williams caught that ball, I'm the next general manager of the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what a, what a catch in the CFL is anymore. I really don't. Uh, at, least, at, least, at least they're consistent with the shitty calls. That's the only bit know. of consistency we get from this league. <laughs> right, sir, what were you saying? Uh, I was saying, just to be fair to like everybody like from Winnipeg and whatnot and Saskatchewan even, I think the weather had to play a big part because it was cold. It was snowy. It was windy. So And like the fact to see both teams trying to throw the ball as much as they did was a very big surprise to me. I thought there would have been at least like 30 rushing attempts per team. Yeah. Winnipeg did eventually kind of abandon, not abandon the passing game, but they were I mean, they're like, they were oh, dominant hey, with Andrew Harris on the ground. Andrew Harris in the backfield. Let's actually use this guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, John Jackson's better. Andrew Harris is a cheater. He uses steroids. John Jackson is, is a great back, man. It's well, Don he, Jay, you know? A hat. That, that's one thing that was killing me at the start of the game, too, man, is like first three drives, I think we rushed the ball once even – if we're lucky, we rush the ball once. And I'm like, you guys can see clear as fucking day that Toronto sent in like seven, eight guys at the at fucking number eight. Why not try to like throw out a quick pass to Donnie J out of the backfield or start running the ball to slow down some of that pressure? And then when Dave Evans started coming in and we started nickeling and diming them, and to beat the pass rush, and we started rushing the ball, and Donnie J started going off, it started giving Evans more time to start taking deeper shots more than 10 yards down the field. Like, because, like, they bring in that pass rush. One cut, Don Jackson's hitting the hole, and he's gone. Because he will run through anybody in this league. That dude's like lightning in a bottle. I'm excited, I'm excited to see him go up against Willie Jefferson. As, as much as I, like, love Willie and, like, publicly claimed how like terrified I am playing against him. I'm excited to watch Don Jay go up against him. Yeah, that's a heavyweight tilt right there. Uh, so the Riders win 27, 21, sorry, 17 to book their trip. Bombers. Riders win. Bombers win 21-17. One thing I do want to point out is uh, Saskatchewan only giving William Powell all 11 times. Yeah, that is, that is odd. Yeah, that, that's what I was saying about like how the weather would have played a fat was playing a factor. And it, but it didn't seem to switch up Saskatchewan's uh, play calling at all. They're like, no, we're going heavy pass attack. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like you have like you have like a. I think I I would say Powell's like a top five back in the CFL, and you're not you're giving the ball only eleven times. Like, yeah, I think you need to run the ball more to win, especially in like situations where. Okay, well, he got he got he caught three balls too for forty seven yards, but still. You still got to like yeah, ram it down their throat because you have fucking William Powell. Especially in situations where you turn the ball over in their in their part of the the field multiple times. Exactly. Right. Like you think you get so like even if you can get a couple of first downs supplemented by the run game, you're really in scoring position. So it's just it really was interesting. Like Jared said, they were taking a lot of shots um, and relying heavily on the passing game. Uh, so the Bombers, not the Riders, win 21-17, <clears throat> booked their trip to the 108th Grey Cup. And, of course, um, um, Zach Caleros, uh, despite having a terrible first half, kind of recovered. He goes 17 for 21. In all, goes 229 yards, one touchdown, 
Um, and off and the three picks from the first half. Uh, Winnipeg looked really surprisingly not great at home. Again, the, the weather might have played a huge part, um, but they do pull out a win. Um, I don't know. I guess what are you? I'll circle back to the Cavs. What are your thoughts on the end of the game and how that game ends and and just the command center being inconsistent again? I mean, like I said earlier, I'm glad they're consistent at being inconsistent with the shitty calls. But like, them, baby. But the, I like once, like even after that pick, like I never really had a doubt that we were going to lose or they were going to at least like fight back or anything because they did not score. They only they kicked the, the the what? What do we got here? Two, four, six field goals, and they got the one extra or the one single. Like, oh yeah, in the Cavs game, I knew that they weren't coming back down. Yeah, down no, it was just like now it was just like more like. The ride of emotions, really. Yeah, but the command center might could end up deciding. You know what I mean? A great cup when it comes down to it, they really could. And it's frustrating because there is no consistency. Like, yeah, they're they're garbage. That that's the only thing that's consistent is they're consistently bad. But there is no consistency to the calls. Like, you have the rules by the letter of the law, and then you see things that happen like cr- quite obviously, like in person, and and then it's different rulings for different reasons at different times. I certainly hope that the fact that it's a much more interesting finale does not come into account just because, you know what I mean? It is a much more interesting finale to a West final to have the riders within striking distance than it is to have them sputter out at the 30 yard line on a Hail Mary. And that's just a fact. So I certainly wouldn't hope, would hope, that the command center didn't kind of tip the scales for that reason on a 50-50 call. But to me, it didn't even look like a 50-50 call. Like, to everyone who saw the video, even, like, the video got tweeted and people were like, hey, are you really going to, like, retweet a a mistake by your own command center that clearly hits the ground? So, I don't know. I think it's just really odd. I would certainly hope that the how interesting the game finishes would not play a part but i i don't know either way yeah it's tough to watch bro it's just tough to watch when you love the league right because it's like you hold your breath when when they go to the command center like is this going to be a controversy and is our league going to look like a joke again yeah what does when fucking players are fighting fans i just seen here uh, uh, I see it was something from Justin Dunk. In the Rod Peterson show, he said that trespassing was involved in charge. Like it's it's just a bad look for MLSC for the league. Like it even like it looks bad on Hamilton fans too, just for like being involved. Oh, it does. But, but hey, let's just, let's just leave. Let's game. just let's just leave the fights fighting to the fans after that, right? Absolutely, absolutely, because we have a huge week ahead of us. It's already Great Cup week as we're recording this. That's the thing. That's the crazy yeah. thing because we're short in season. There ain't two weeks in between anymore. We're in the middle right now of Great Cup week. Uh, and well, technically, it doesn't start till tomorrow. We're recording this on Monday. Technically, well, technically uh, by the time this is released, it will be. So Fair, fair. There you go. So we have a huge week coming up. It is Great Cup week. Um, and so, Grey Cup Fest in Hamilton 2021, we're going to give you a rundown of all the events that are taking place across the, the city. 
as we gear up to watch the Thai Cats vie for the Great Cup at home, which is going to be an incredible, incredible event. So, on Tuesday, we have the Great Cup arrival. It is going to be delivered by Canada Drives at 11 a.m., and it's going to be at Bayfront Park from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's free for anybody to uh, attend if you want to see the Great Cup show up. Uh, Can I steal it? Can I steal it? Can I steal it? Can I steal it? Not. Number <laughs> nine, the spirit of Edmonton is coming to Hamilton. Um, <laughs> that's a, a nice little pre-show. Jake laughs because they're so expensive. Um, <laughs> but hey, uh, if you wanna if you wanna drink all night for a, a fixed price, that's uh, I guess that's your event. Friday, December 10th, the Commissioner's Fan State of the League and Fan Base Unveil. Oh, my God. What a joke. Thank you for your money for the Fan Base. Commissioners fans, Commissioner's Fan State of the League. I would actually pay to be at that one. I'm uh, not going to quite be there yet, but I would actually pay to be at that one um, and get to ask Randy Ambrosia a couple of questions couple myself. Of questions. Yeah. yeah, and then we have a CFLA double... Uh, CFL AA, sorry, um, Legends Luncheon, the CFL Awards, which are also on Friday 10th, the CFLPA Party, which is Friday, December 10th, and the Eastern Social Hall presented by Access Storage, um, which sounds like a good place for us to be Friday night, boys, to be quite honest with you, since everyone is, is, everyone is fighting for my attention that night. So that sounds like a good place for all the boys to be. Uh, and then we have... Um, CFL Awards. Spirit of Edmonton again. Saturday, December 11th, Spirit of Edmonton Breakfast, Eastern Social <laughs> Hall again, presented by Access Storage, the Western Social Hall, presented by Carstar, and the Spirit of Edmonton Festival continues. Sunday, December 12th, we have the Tiger Town Game Day Party, and the Tiger Town Game Day Party looks lit in itself. We celebrate Great Cup Game Day with other Tiger Cats fans in the afternoon of the big game, Tiger Cat. Or Tiger Town Game Day, presented by Benches Brewing, is the ultimate black and gold pregame party on Grey Cup Sunday, featuring Tiger Cats alumni, the Tiger Cats dance and cheer team, live music, food and drink, and much more. Uh, man, that sounds like a, a pretty good tailgate party to be at, and it's obviously going to be filled with Tiger Cat fans. Uh, each Tiger Town Game Day ticket includes a voucher for two Bench Brewing Lincoln Lager Grey Cup Festival commemorative edition cans. In partnership with the Ticats Alumni Association, fan favorites such as Luke Tasker, Andy Fantuz, Rob Hitchcock, Courtney Steven, and more hey. will be in attendance. A portion of proceeds from tickets will benefit the Alumni Association. This is the event of the weekend for Tiger Cats fans who plan on attending the Grey Cup game. Be there or be square. I do want to say two more things about BMO Field before we wrap it up here. Uh, First thing, speaking about Rob Hitchcock, I uh, got to buy the legend a beer at BMO. I watched him walk in, so I was like, hey, buddy, let me buy you a beer. At first, he was like, no, no, and I was like, come on, let me buy you a beer. Gave him a nice ice cold Bud Light. It's uh, my best buddy now. And another thing about BMO Field, how are how is Twisted Tea a sponsor of the CFL and not sold at BMO Field? Yeah, that was kind of that's crazy. That's what I want to know because – I got a few buddies who are not big beer drinkers and like, like they had twisted tea ads running, but no twisted tea sold in the stadium. It just didn't make any sense to me. That's that is, that is really odd. Well, like back to what you were saying about the, uh, the unveiling of the great cup stand or tower, whatever the heck you want to call it. The base. 
yeah, thanks for your money. Also, because all the tickets are like e-tickets on your phone for the Grey Cup this year. If you want, you can spend $20 on a laminate fake ticket, like commemorative ticket for the Grey Cup. <laughs> there you go. Oh, fuck yourself. Right? $20 on a commemorative laminate piece of plastic, piece of paper. Paper, yeah. So, you get a, you 100 get a lanyard. Great- Oops, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I was just saying you get a lanyard with it, too. Ooh, lanyard. Big lanyard. I'm in now. I'm behind it. I'm in. I'm in. Sold me. So if you are uh, lucky enough to be going to the game and you are going to see the boys from the Eating Them Raw podcast there, um, here is your game day timeline. So Gates, one and two, and the Twisted Tea Grey Cup social um, open at 1 p.m. Um all gates open again at 4 p.m. From 1 p.m. to 4 p.m., the Sirius XM Great Cup tailgate will take place inside the Twisted T Great Cup social. Artists including The Trues, Javier yeah. Mighty, Tyler Joe Miller, um, and, and, sorry, and Tyler Joe Miller will take to the stage. Uh, all gates open at 4 o'clock, and you get a performance by Canada's own Stephen Lee Olson during the Sirius XM key- kickoff show. Is that what you're made of? Is that what that is? I will lose my mind. I have a mighty for the Arkells at Budweiser stage in the summer. There, She's pretty good, bro. There you go. I like oh, that. For sure. 6 p.m., 108th Grey Cup kickoff. The national anthem sung by Juno Awards winner and Scarborough, uh, Scarborough Ontario's own Savannah Ray Music. Um, the building is going to be painted in black and gold. Uh, the fans are going to be painted in black and gold. It is going to be the picturesque Ticats game. If you're a Ticats fan like me who goes and kind of sits before the game and hopes, man, I hope this place fills out. You know, I hope we get one of those games where it's, it's a full boat and it's an atmosphere that's because you just want those type of memories. This is your game on steroids. This is everything you could ever possibly want. And it's going to culminate or begin to culminate at 6 p.m. with the kickoff of the 108th Great Cup. And then at halftime, the seven-time, I'm not going to do it seven times, seven-time <laughs> Juno Award okay. winners and team. hometown heroes, the Arkells, will be headlining the Twisted Tea Great Cup halftime show. And uh, again, because I'm a betting man, I'll put my life on the fact that I'm going to finally get to rectify a regret of mine and see <laughs> the Arkells play Tim play the Ticats are humming at Tim Hortons Field. Uh, and again, if you're a Ticats fan and a fan of the Arkells, you are in absolute heaven hearing about this because it's going to be the most picturesque moment you could ever have imagined. And you're not really, nothing ever is going to live up to it again. So enjoy this. Take it all in. Um, we do have it back here in two years, so who knows? But enjoy this. Take it all in. It sounds like a heck of a day. Um, and it's never happened in Hamilton before. I so do want to add that you, you what the city looks like. That uh, the Lumineers were also added to the halftime show. I didn't even see that. The Lumineers are have been added to the halftime show. It's not um, here on the CFL's official site they, yet. They so just announced it like last week, I believe. But that is very cool, too. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's going to be a, a kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Um, they've never done it at Tim Hortons Field. They've never hosted a Grey Cup at Tim Hortons Field. I don't think they've ever hosted a Grey Cup like this. And uh, I, I just think that th- it's an absolute perfect day 
um, if you're a Hamiltonian, if you're a Hamilton Tiger Cats fan. It's what we've been waiting for all year. It's what we've asked the guys to do and scream, do your job about. And uh, now it's just about the enjoyment of all of it. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be incredible, I think, boys. I'm still looking forward to it. I have man. goosebumps already for the game. So, like, this is a like once in a lifetime experience, sort of, until like it happens again. Because like, the last time the Tie Cats won a Great Cup, I was three years old, so I don't really have a memory of it. So, being able to like attend the chance of us ending the twenty-two year drought, it just with- feels different too this time. Like, I don't know. I mean, we were young. I was five, but like, yeah, it, was it just feels uh, different. I was a month old, so. Not even huge. Huge. Were you even born yet? Yeah. Just feels different. It just feels different. It feels like it's going to be the biggest one we've seen in Hamilton. Um, and that's saying something because there's been some pretty big ones in Hamilton. But we'll see. It's it is going to depend as well on on the play on the field because nobody wants to to go in and lay an egg against Winnipeg. But of course, we all want to. We all want to come away. With that great cup, we've been to three. Now this is our fourth, and we are due. We are so beyond overdue. We, we are, are so face Corey sheets. <laughs> so beyond overdue. So, um, boys, what uh, what are you looking forward to most from this game? I want to go around the table and get a chance to hear from each of you on that. Uh, what are you looking forward to most from this game? And then what are your predictions on this game? Um, uh, for the game, I am most looking forward to seeing you, actually. It's been a long time. You know, I'm excited to be in the donut box with you, pounding back the beers with the boys. But uh, I'm excited to watch Dane Evans start in another Grey Cup. I'm excited for all the fans to be there. I'm excited for the home Grey Cup. I'm excited to rush the field when they win. Um, yeah. Uh, and my prediction, as Ty always, by a million. tie cats by a million. Absolutely, that's what it's got to be. I've rocked with it all year. I can't switch. He's, he's rocked with it all year long, and it's worked for him. It's worked for him. So, Pricer, what do you got? I'm looking forward to seeing how well our O line can uh, hold up against this Winnipeg pass rush and Willie Jefferson, especially because he. "Quote unquote," ate our ass cheeks last fucking day. <laughs> oh my gosh! And that we was did. not a fun time. You did. Um, I'm hoping we can get a little bit creative and throw them off their game with the play calling. Don't be static with it. That fucking and, that fake that yeah, fake bro. touchdown we hit. Talk about that. that and nice. then hopefully see more. More of what we've seen all season from the defense. Also looking Roll forward, on. big big time to watching the Arkells play the halftime show. I know I said it like seventeen thousand times, but I'm still gonna have that proud dad moment at halftime. Absolutely. I feel like everybody. Yeah, like, and like Bane said, gonna be in the donut box with JT again. It's gonna be like we're fucking six, seven years old sitting in the end zone seats waiting to catch an extra point. That's it, man. That is it. And it's like, I have chills thinking about that. Um, I'll let Jake go. I'm going to let Jake go first now. You better bring out out the face paint, boy, or it ain't a full send. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's fact. You got to bring the hard hat too. Uh, we'll see. Was, the hard hat is probably coming out. I'm not going to lie to you. There may yes, or may sir. not. Be, yes, there sir. May, there may or may not be some paint involved. In, yes, in, sir. Not just one, no, no t-shirt. Full body paint. Let's go. I don't get cold. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> All right, Jake. Give me Josh now. Uh, the only thing, the, th- the thing I think that we got going for us is we haven't played these guys since week one and Mazzoli was playing. So, like, they really don't know what kind of team we are now. We didn't fucking run the ball against them. So now we actually have a running back who is able to run the ball. So I think that's huge for us, too. So I'm excited, I'm excited to see what we I, I think. I honestly don't think Willie Jefferson is going to be a huge part of their game just because we're going to be able to run the ball. And he's more of a pass rusher more than a run stuffer. So I think that's huge. And I'm, I'm be honest, I've never listened to the Arkells, but I'm excited to see their uh, their show and everything. So, and obviously, Ty Cats by me. And obviously, Ty Cats by me. Man, these guys, these guys, they can you try and work with these some some realistic predictions. Try and never. tell people they know football, and they're like, Ty Cats by a million. <laughs> That's what it is. Just the love. It's just the love. Um, I, you know, I'm looking forward to being back at Tim Hortons Field. I'm looking forward to, um, as silly as this sounds, and I know it sounds silly, just being, um, you know, around the gates and around the area and tailgate and seeing Ticats fans and hearing, even though we're playing Winnipeg, nobody blows like the Argos and just being home again and enjoying, you know, that feeling i cannot tell you how many times i've watched tie cats games from out here in alberta and it's just felt so foreign right yeah uh, so i'm grateful for the opportunity i uh, gotta obviously do some some work leading up to the game and uh and some other stuff just for for uh for work purposes because that's that's why i'm allowed to get out there but uh um, once it hits game time, obviously I'm free, and um, I just can't wait. I cannot wait for all of it. I can't wait for the atmosphere and, and to be at really what feels like just the ultimate Tiger Cats game, right? Just like feels like a Tiger Cats game on steroids, for lack of a better term. Um, all the nostalgia, everything you want from it, the memories, the times with friends, the Oski wee-wees, just being home. Uh, I can't wait for it, and I can't wait to see what it looks like amped up to this degree i remember the feeling around the city last time the cats made the great cup i remember how electric it was how you could feel it even just riding the bus and i just i i cannot wait to be at tim hortons field i'm fired up no other way to put it uh my prediction for the game i think it's uh there is no way the universe lets this go down to anything but the last five minutes of the fourth quarter um, wrong. Over the last few minutes of the fourth quarter, I, I think there's no way the universe lets this go down to anything but a ginormous play of some kind. Um, wrong. I, 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 you know, I, I just think it's going to be a barn burner. I think that Winnipeg is so good that you're going to need those, like you said, like to generate those turnovers to score off them. I think you'll we'll do it enough that we'll be in the ball game. And then I think in the fourth quarter, there's going to be some magic because uh, I don't think the Ticats are leaving this one without the Craig Cup, man. I just cannot 
just cannot feel it in my bones. I can't. I cannot fathom it happening. I think with the support they have behind them, it's going to be like Zach Kalaro is a great quarterback. Good luck hearing anything on Sunday. I, none of us, none of us are going to have a voice. I'm getting 15. I'm giving, I'm getting 15 yards at least in false starts and time count violation calls on your ass, Mr. Kalaros. Yes, sir. That's what's happening. Easily, easily, easily. We're going to go buck wild every single time your offense takes the field. And there's going to be some magic in the fourth quarter. And it's going to be a party for the ages. That's my uh, prediction. I'm saying, I'm saying 26-24 Ticats. Yeah, I'm saying that the Ticats, uh, I, I love that prediction. Man, that's a, I was going to say under 30. And it had to be a close game. It's going to be a weird CFL score. I love that yeah. prediction, man. 26-24. I'm with Price. I don't think I've ever had that, but if I had to actually put a score on it, I am with Price. I think that is a nice, a nice little prediction right there. And I think by that logic, we're both predicting the over. So if you bet Hamilton and the over and you make a ton of money, you're welcome. <laughs> Fact. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Bro, if you bet Hamilton in the over, do you know how much money you're going to make? The over's at least a two to one. Hamilton's paying like what, four to one right now? Three or four to one? Yeah. Woo! Parlay! <laughs> Buddy. I might have to do it. 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 The odds. Yeah. He's thinking about it. He's like, yo, I might have to. I might have to. I'm, wait, I'm, wait, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for more as uh, more like but I out. hate betting on my own teams. Hate I know. It. Me too, bro. I hate it too. But I, you know what? I had them last week, so take that That's for what it's worth. Anyway, um, so the Enum Raw podcast will, uh, we don't know if we'll be at the CFO Awards, but we will be um, at the Grey Cup. Uh, and we'd love you to come say hi. Tell us what you think if of the show. Know who we are. <laughs> yeah, if you know who we are. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you might know where we are, but if you follow us on Twitter, I don't know if. Um, we don't have yeah, a Twitter. got but, suspended again. Did we? Yeah, maybe we'll hold up a sign. We'll be like eating them we raw. Are, we are eating them raw. <laughs> yeah, we are eating them raw pod. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, something like that. If you want to come say hi, we'll we'll figure something out. Uh, we will be at the Great Cup. We'll be saying hi, um, and uh, yeah, we'll be partying with you and wishing you the the best of luck once game time hits. Um, and so. Uh, I believe, as always, and this time he is prepared. Josh is yes, sir. Leave us yes, off with some local music. All right, this week uh, decided to feature Cambridge-born artist Three Four Seven Eight. After a huge twenty twenty one, Three Four Seven Eight found himself in the spotlight after blowing up on TikTok, getting noticed. Uh, noticed by multiple labels, it seems that this kid is pretty legit. With over six million monthly listeners and over two hundred forty six million in the past year i was fortunate enough to attend his first ever show in toronto first and uh, let me tell you this kid's got some infinite superstar potential the the way he can control the crowd the way he performs just seeing how grateful he was to be up there you know this kid deserves it so uh this week we'll leave you off with my personal favorite harmony off his latest ep chasing harmony which can be found anywhere you stream music thank you as always for listening we will see all of you on sunday and don't forget to eat them raw oh qb season Bob QB season.
Direction Adderall Poison and I'll have it all Tripping so I built a wall I'm panicking but I won't fall